Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt, British host. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. No Instagrams, no TikToks, none of that business. Just Twitter for me. And guys, I am well. I'm delivering this podcast late, and it isn't quite in the style that I wanted it to be in. I got my good friend Alex Carver on the mic last night, yesterday evening. This is being recorded on Tuesday. We came together Monday evening, hit record, started the intro, and unfortunately, my son was ill, and we had to we had to hit the pause button on the recording, go and sort him out. So I am here, solo pod, not quite what I wanted. I'm sure I'm going to get Alex Carver back on, uh, and we we only had one agenda item, and it was the breaking news yesterday that Richard Blyer has signed a two-year extension. Well, that wasn't quite the main news. And it's not the only agenda item, but anyway, Richard Blyer, Big Dick Blyer, signs a two-year extension. The Marlins buy out his final year of ARB, also giving him one year of guaranteed free agency or an, an, an extra year into free agency. And then also there's a club option, so there's, there's potential. There's three years, three additional years, including this year of Richard Blyer, just on Blyer. He's been, he's been, he's, he's just grown into a real... Legend, a folk legend of the Marlins and the bullpen. Uh, he's, you know, the personality side is starting to shine through. I'm definitely sure he was there at, at Miggy Rose development camp with a clipboard in hand and looking, you know, relaxed <laughs> as he does. And listen, I think this is, you know, take all jokes aside, I think this is a real nice move for the Marlins. I've loved Blyer, the lefty, obviously. Ground ball machine really fits the profile. Let's not forget as well, back midway part through last year when the Marlins were still in it like they were still kind of hunting around big series if I recall against the Diamondbacks bases were juiced no outs Richie Blyer comes to the mound and strikes out the side three K's gets out of the jam it was the most improbable situation and from then on I was a huge fan of Richie Blyer and the reality was he continued it all through the year. It's been a real nice pickup, real nice trade the Marlins made there with the Orioles, and he gets a two-year extension guaranteed with an option at the back end of that. So that broke just as myself and Alex were about to hit record. Uh, but the main reason for us to come together was to talk about, well, it was a stunning, stunning Grapefruit League debut from Max Meyer at Absolutely stunning. Marlins Twitter going absolutely bananas, and it was wonderful to see. So, four innings from Max. Four innings of, of pitching, five Ks. They had some sort of camera set up there. I'm, I'm not sure whose camera or what feed it was. Maybe it was the Marlins, but so we did get to see the actual strikeouts and some of the pitches too. And boy, oh boy, it just looks real, real nasty stuff. So, I put this to you, Marlins fans. I, you know, there's been a lot of Max Meyer talk this year. Clearly, the Marlins are looking to upgrade in the center field spot. And we've we've been targeting some elite studs, clearly. We've been tar- targeting Reynolds. We know it. I, don't, I haven't heard much about Mullins. But let's say we were targeting Mullins. The gut feel was that Max Meyer was likely to be part of any deal that got done. And so, I think as Marlins fans, we've maybe all collectively just assumed that we wouldn't ever see Max for the Marlins. We would assume that a deal, a trade was going to get done and that Max Meyer would go on and 
be part of another organization and likely be successful. The other thing we have to remember, guys, Max Meyer was almost traded at the deadline. Last deadline, as Craig Mish reported, Max Meyer was almost moved in a one-for-one swap, a jazz gallon styly extravaganza at the deadline for Brandon Marsh. The Marlins were looking to do a deal there. The Angels backed out of it. And here we are now going into spring, you know, a couple of games into spring. All of a sudden, Max Meyer appears on this stage. I think that's the really interesting point, is Max Meyer appears on this stage and delivers that type of performance. And all of a sudden, eyeballs are popping out, eye emojis dropping everywhere, trending emojis, rocket emojis, you name it. All of a sudden now, listen, if the Pirates want to get a deal done for Reynolds, they need to send us another piece with Reynolds. <laughs> I am, of course, only kidding slightly. <laughs> but it just proves to you just how good Max Meyer can be. Like, truly, how good Max Meyer can be. The interesting part, and this is what me and Alex were, were talking about off-air yesterday before we actually hit record, the, well, the show that didn't happen, but... He kind of said to me, Pete, listen, Max Meyer has been doing this for 18 months. This isn't a shock. This isn't a surprise. And I, you know, that's true. The numbers that he delivered at AA, he obviously finished the year in AAA. Max Meyer was absolutely lights out. He truly was. And I think Marlins fans, I think we've been sleeping on Max. I think we have. I think we've just taken him for granted. And maybe we've started to believe some of the you know, some of the broader scouting pieces. Obviously, Keith Law, we've had our run-ins, obviously, but Keith, uh, you know, didn't even see him as a top 100 prospect outside of the top 100. And the knock on Max seemingly is, is, is the size, perhaps. You know, in terms of his stature, some people don't believe in that. And the other knock clearly is, does he have a third pitch? Can he develop a third pitch, the fastball and the slider? The slider's always been elite. The, fast, the fastball, I believe, a work in motion, but boy, oh boy, this was the other thing from yesterday. Scouts were there in attendance. The uh, the radar, the speed guns were out. There were speed guns everywhere. It was like driving down the M4 in, uh, in Newport. Many people won't get that joke, but anyway. And um, that's the thing that, that, that kind of popped yesterday was just the velocity on the fastball for Max. Really was, and that's it. If, if the velocity is up, you know, 98 kind of miles an hour range, that is... That is a very, very interesting turn of events. So Max Meyer, all of a sudden, the fastball is there. The velocity is there for it. The slider we know is just it's filth. It is absolutely filthy in the strikeouts. Go and look at the strikeouts from yesterday and you will, you will love them. It was just sensational. It's top of the zone, bottom of the zone, traditional ones, the left, lefties that are trying to, you know, bombs away. Looks middle, middle. Next thing is slider kicks in, drops way out of the zone. And uh, batters are made to look silly, like truly looking silly. So the question is, is can he develop that changeup? Listen, he's in the Marlin system. He's in the Marlin system. There's no doubt in my mind that Max Meyer can develop a top quality, top notch changeup. It's just, it's just bread and butter. It's just part and parcel of Marlin's development, Marlin's pitching. The, these guys will develop changeups. I'm going to talk about uh, Anthony Bender just at the back end of this episode as well. And he's developed a changeup now. And next thing is he's getting strikes and strikeouts on the changeup as well. In reality, Anthony Bender is, I guess he's got a similar 
ish profile to Max Meyer, where fastball but relies heavily on the slider. Now all of a sudden the change up there, and he looks naughty as well. So Max Meyer touching 98 on the fastball, the slider's doing its business, and the changeup is there. Can he develop it? Can he do it? That is the key question. Before we move on, it's time to tell you about our guys over at Bet Online. And it's that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. No, no, no. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And this is it, guys. Where, where, not just where is this going to start, where is it going to end for Max Meyer? That is the question. I am I, I'm so intrigued to see the way things play out. But here's, here's what I was getting from yesterday. Max Meyer is ready. Max Meyer is ready. He, he is ready, Major League ready. Eliezer Hernandez started yesterday. Two innings, clean-ish. You know, it was a couple of mishaps early on. I think he, you know, lead off double and then plunk someone. Got out of the jam, but Eliezer also, you know, kind of settled in. So, but, you know, Max Meyer to me kind of came in and proved he's ready. He's kind of pushing. He wants to be in the big leagues. He does. He feels ready. Could... Could Max Meyer have a Trevor Rogers-like spring from 21? Do you remember Trevor Rogers? We were talking about it. Can he crack the rotation? Most likely starts in, in AAA. Next thing is, Trevor Rogers went on a wild tear in spring. And by the end of it, we just went, absolutely Trevor Rogers is in the rotation. He has to be in the rotation. The other thing as well, and, and Craig Mish putting this out there yesterday, some people are thinking down this path too and have been thinking down this path already. Could he be a leverage arm out of the bullpen? And that is a very intriguing proposition as well. All this talk about closers. The Marlins want him to be a starter. You can see that. And the profile to me looks like a starter. Yesterday we saw it. He looks like a starter. I'd, I'd happily punch him in, in the rotation now. No problem. No problem with that. But if you need some leverage arms, could you use Max Meyer? And Craig put it out there to say, I wonder if Max Meyer you know, could be the saves leader for the Marlins. The Marlins just say, hey, listen, Max... We need you in that pen. We need you to lock it down for us. We need the strikeouts. We need you to be that overpowering dude in the bullpen, in the ninth. Lock it down. What do you think? Oh, boy, it's a really enticing proposition. It truly is. If you take development out of it, if you do, and you just try to piece together your best lineup, irrespective of what the future holds and service time and development, Max Meyer in the bullpen and taking the ninth inning is a very intriguing proposition. It truly is. But to be honest with you, from what I saw, so is him in the rotation. I mean, where do we sit right now, guys, in terms of the rotation? Gut feel, one to five. Sandy, Pablo, Trevor, Eliezer and Lozado. Those five. Eddie Cabrera maybe starting in AAA. Maybe. I think that feels like the one to five. Eliezer, I think, will be given first opportunity to, to start. And we know the injury uh, problems have been there. The injury problems have been there too with Pablo. So we're going to need Eddie Cabrera. We're going to need Max Meyer. We may even need Jordan Holloway, Nick Neidert, or Dan Castano. Who knows? You know the way these, these seasons go, like last year. It's possible. But 
I, I'm right now, I don't see Max cracking the rotation unless Spring is just so, so good that he has to be in there. He has to be. And the Marlins just say, sod it. Let's just roll with Max and get him in there. Play the hot hand. But the other question then, even if it kind of like peters out slightly, do they maybe look to get him in the bullpen instead? I don't know. It's a really, really intriguing proposition. It, it truly is. And one that, you know, I, I guess it kind of depends on whether they make any other moves. You know, there's talk about adding you know, bullpen guys in there. Bruce Sherman talked about it. Kim's talked about it. You know, we haven't got an obvious closer, or seemingly we don't. I'm going to talk about Bender at the back end of this show again, but, you know, let's just assume that Bender's going to be maybe a seventh guy. Floro, to me, closed games, had, you know, had the most amount of saves last year once Jimmy Garcia was out there and Bass was removed. But I just don't see Floro as... It's not the right type of fit. He's a useful guy. He's a, I think he's a great eighth inning guy, to be honest with you. Um, but I feel like the Marlins have always been exploring and looking for that real overpowering ninth inning guy, strikeout guy. And I think that's the thing with Floro. Like, it's, it's just a lot of contact, a lot of ground balls. The, the Brandon Kinsler, right? And the Marlins kind of moved on from Kins pretty quick after he was real solid. So they've kind of showed their hand there perhaps in the past. Clearly, Derek Jeter is no longer steering the ship. What does Kim look for in a closer? That's the question. That is the question. I'm really intrigued to see what they do from a bullpen perspective under, you know, fully under Kim's guidance. So we're going to talk now, just after this final ad, around what does it mean from a trade perspective? And do we still want to trade Max Meyer? Would we be happy including him? Plus this Anthony Bender discussion too. Uh, before we get there, time to tell you about Rock Auto, our guys over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? No, no, no. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto, it's also a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The, pl- the prices are reliably low for every customer. Go and explore their easy-to-use website to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Guys, this is the question. What, what parts will the pirates need if we pull the trigger on Brian Reynolds. And the other question we've got to ask ourselves right now, with Soler being signed and Jesus Sanchez getting starts every day in center field right now during spring, do the Marlins just sit tight? Do they just sit tight right now and roll into the year? They go bat first. Because listen, we're all talking about Jesus Sanchez. Like, he's about to have a 30 home run season. And if that's at center field... Happy days. We don't know what the glove's like. We don't know what the defensive ability's like in center field. But let me just say that again. Jesus Sanchez playing mostly every day in center field with 30 bombs hitting 260. Are you happy? Absolutely happy with that production at center field. You are. The Marlins, maybe they they just have to go bat first. Joe Vasaro's been saying this on Twitter, and I'm kind of coming around to the idea now. Sod the defense. Sod the outfield defense. Just... You've got a stud rotation, and let's load the lineup with bats. 
blast some runs, get some, you know, get it going. Don't, you know, we've been worried so much about pitching and defense, and it hasn't worked. The offense hasn't been there. It hasn't. They've been bottom two, three in the offense for the past couple of years. The pitching's there in the main, apart from those bullpen games day after day. But do we just go sod the offense, sod the defense? Let's just go full blown offense. Jesus Sanchez in center field uh, with Soler and um, Avi Garcia in the corners. Listen, it lacks mobility, I think, and it lacks gold glove caliber defense for sure. But Adam Duvall is going to be playing center field for the Braves. I know Adam Duvall was sensational in the corners for sure, but Adam Duvall was a, a he was a converted center fielder last year, and the Marlins converted him. So could Jesus Sanchez do it? Absolutely. If you go and get Reynolds, you're going to have to part with Max Meyer. Is Max Meyer untouchable? Maybe. Khalil Watson yesterday also hit two run, two home runs. Is Khalil Watson untouchable? Should he be? I mean, listen, Khalil Watson to me looks like a blue-chip prospect, as does Max Meyer, as does Uri Perez. If you start ch- trading away blue-chip dudes for Brian Reynolds, it's the type of deal that could it could look sour in a few years' time, particularly if Reynolds regresses, perhaps. I don't know. I feel that there's a pathway to the Marlins being good and better than they were last year with Jesus Sanchez playing in center field and Max Meyer closing games I've, or even starting games. I don't know. One of the two. J.J. Bladé could perhaps also be in those conversations for trade. I also think that, you know, from an, from an outfield perspective, J.J. is an injury or so away from playing for the Marlins as well in 22. Would not shock me if Bladé and Meyer see significant time for the Marlins in 2022 at the big league level. Like, I can just see it happening. So, you know, with that being said, do you just keep hold of these guys? They're ready. They look ready, pretty much. They're on, well, they're, they're on the cusp. Um, so, really, really intriguing to see the way, the way the Marlins play this whole center field, Brian Reynolds thing. And Sean Barrett said it to me the other day. Are the Marlins maybe trying to negotiate the price down on Reynolds by making it look like their need has disappeared? All of a sudden, they say, do you know what? We're good with, with Jesus Sanchez and Sender. Soler's here in the corner. Let's go with Cooper and DH. Aggie at first base. Lewin can go down to AAA. That's his final option year, by the way. Eli talked about it on, on, space, uh, on Spaces last night, on Alex Carver Spaces. And I didn't realize that it was already Lewin's final option year. And that does create an interesting dilemma for the Marlins. Because after this year, it's kind of you know playing time or bust for Lewin uh, with the Marlins. Where he's going to be burned of options. Hasn't really had a full run at the major league level yet. And we just don't know, and the Marlins maybe don't know. We're going to see how things shake out, I guess. It's going to come down to what happens with Jesus Aguilar. Expiring deal. Um, do they move him? Do they extend him? Maybe they do. Do they trade Lewin, perhaps? Because, listen, he, he looks like he's got tons of talent. You could trade him, keep Aggie, extend Aggie. Um, you know, Aggie's perfectly serviceable there, too. So tons of different ways the Marlins can go about this one. I'm really intrigued to see what they do. I also wanted to finish up on Anthony Bender. I know this this pod's gone all over the show. It should have just been me, Alex Carver, talking about Max Meyer, but had to talk about Richie Blyer. Had to talk about Lewin Diaz because Eli brought it up and I thought it's an interesting point. We've also got into Max. What does it mean for center field? Tons of things. But Anthony Bender, just to round up, what we're seeing from him with this changeup added in, plus all the existing stuff that we've seen, the stuff's sensational. Could Anthony Bender just be the close? Should we just lock him in? 
Should we lock in Bender, see what he can do in the closer spot? Floro in the eighth, um, mix and match in the seventh. Bassman, um, Richie Blyer, of course. You know, Lewis Head's in the mix. I mean, there's tons of guys to play around with, but could you solve the leverage spot with Anthony Bender? Maybe. Maybe you could. I'm not against him being given a shot. I'd like us to have a fallback option if it goes sour quickly. And maybe that fallback option is Max Meyer. Maybe it is. And they, or it is, maybe it's Eliezer Hernandez. There's so many different ways the Marlins could skin this cat. But the more I've thought about this whole Brian Reynolds, Max Meyer situation, the more I'm comfortable rolling with the dudes we've got, keeping the prospects we've got, not emptying the top end of the farm, which is full of blue chip guys. Um, and, you know, really emptying it back out. And, and I'd prefer to keep and roll with these dudes. Like the Marlins are never going to be heavy in free agency. We're never going to be offering those big time uh, deals. If we've got studs, we've got to keep them and develop them. I think that's just, that's the business model. So I'm getting more and more comfortable with Jesus Sanchez in center field, Avi Garcia uh, in the corner, along with, I mean, I don't know what Soler is going to be like in right field. I don't think he's very good, to be honest with you. But, you know, you can cycle that. You've got Brian De La Cruz to mix and match in there too. Like, there's a few ways to they can, you know, cover those uh, cover those reps out there in the outfield. So we're going to have to wait and see. But in summary, guys, Max Meyer was truly electric yesterday. And he all of a sudden is catapulted into not just Marlins fans' minds and eyes, but broader across baseball a lot of different people talking about max love to see it it could be the most timely four innings ever if the marlins are truly uh if they've made their mind they're going to move on or move max as part of a reynolds type deal i don't think i'd want to be moving max meyer as part of a ramon loriano deal that's kind of still circling around loriano with the ped suspension but i'm not sure that the Marlins would go there. I just don't think Laureano is a difference maker enough to want to move on from a potential ace. Another potential ace that the Marlins have. Guys, that is me done for today. A solo pod that shouldn't have been solo pod. I make sure I get Alex Carver back in here because he, he's he been tracking Max Meyer all along. He knows. Um, and just one final news, uh, news and note, guys. I talked about it on yesterday's uh, episode. What's going to be the knock-on effect to Soler being added to the 40-man? We got that news today. Isan Diaz, DFA'd. That closes the book, finally, on the Christian Yelich trade. The worst trade in Marlins history, maybe. I'm not sure it is, actually. I think there's a few other stinkers. But listen, the Marlins got four prospects out of that, and none of them have panned out. It's really, you know, it's a sad state of affairs in that trade. And is it shocking that Derek Jeter's gone? And instantly, Monte and Isan are gone as well and DFA'd. Wish Isan well. The curse is real from the jersey perspective. I will stop buying... I've already said that years ago. I'd stop buying player jerseys. It, it never works out. But Isan, I do wish him well. I think the talent remains. Things, I think, went sideways for him slightly in the organization uh, in that kind of weird COVID year. Um, and some, you know, He obviously had a poor spring last year. Plenty of playing time, plenty of opportunities. Couldn't make the adjustments to prove he was a big league hitter. Defensively, actually improved. And I do think that maybe, like Monte, the Marlins will find maybe a landing spot spot for both Monte and Isan. Wouldn't it be shocking if the Marlins packaged up Monte and Isan into a trade, flipped them somewhere? I don't know, maybe back to Milwaukee. That would be fun. But nevertheless, guys, that is me, Peter Pratt, done for today on Locked on Marlins. Back 
tomorrow with another episode. And stay tuned. Paul Severino will be joining the show on Thursday. It will be coming out later than, than normal. But it will be an episode dropping on Thursday with myself and Paul Severino in advance of, uh, of Paul joining the full-time Bally broadcast. In the meantime, guys, stay safe. Back tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.